Would you open God's precious holy word to 1 Chronicles 23? We sort of will glide through these last chapters. It's a lot of listings and such as is, uh, <coughs> yeah, as is uh, this chapter here. Everything here, well, I said this last time because it started last time. Everything for the rest of First Chronicles will deal with uh, preparations for building the temple. And David has taken charge of that, although his son, Solomon, will build the temple. David will provide everything. Now, we saw last time how David <clears throat> uh, took the responsibility of stockpiling all of the necessary um, equipment, hardware, whatever, supplies that will be needed to build the temple. He has already secured the place for the temple, the land, the lot, uh, the land. And now he sets into motion the organizing of the administration of the temple. Now you have to think about this of the thousands and thousands of people who will be coming to this temple on a regular basis. David already is foreseeing and thinking about this. They came to a time of punishment a couple of chapters earlier when he took the census and we saw in there the implication within the text that uh, the people had grown lackadaisical. They had grown um, apathetic in their service or worship of service to Yahweh. So it was like, you know, everything was out of their minds, they, out, of, out of sight, out of mind. There was no temple. Therefore, bad times fell. And we saw in that, if you'll recall, how the people through those bad times were, were forced to recognize their utter dependence on Yahweh. And of course, it was Yahweh, and they recognized that it was Yahweh who came and delivered them from uh, what they had fallen into. So it's the right time now. The people's attitudes have once again been turned toward Yahweh. So they must have a permanent place. They have the city of David. They have their nation. They have their boundaries, their borders. They have an army. They have uh, prosperity. They have a strong economy. It's a very strong nation. And so it's the right time for the temple to be built. And of course, we've already seen that Yahweh will not allow David to be the one to build it. But that doesn't mean that David, in my view, has the major part of the overall project because he is arranging everything. And now not the least of which, and when we get into this, we, you'll begin to think of how, what a task this will be for the servants of the temple, the Levites and so forth, for them to be prepared and to already be ready and having been 
placed in an area of service, even before the temple is built, they will already, thank you, they will already be trained and uh, ready to go as, as servants within the, as ministers within the temple. Now, so let's look at it. The network of service. Now, actually, and we're not going to take first Chronicles 24 tonight, but 24, just this thing just continues right into chapter 24. Now, David was old and full of days and he made his son Solomon king over Israel. And he gathered, now this is David, David, and he gathered all the princes of Israel and the priests and the Levites. And the Levites were counted from 30 years old and upward. And their number by their heads was 38,000 men. We'll see how, I mean, that's a lot of people to serve in a, in the temple, you know, so There is a plan for this. We'll see that, God willing, next chapter. But think about this now. The temple is going to have a tremendous impact on the life of Israel as a nation. Moses had received the law and has given the law to the people and all of the the, the instructions that were given in the law have to be overseen by, for the most part, the Levites. And their, their, their job was to administer whatever needed to be administered in, the, in those days in the tabernacle. But now it's going to be in the temple. Now we know already that God has given his blessing Uh, to this whole thing. The tabernacle spoke of the mobility of the people when they were leaving Egypt and going to Canaan. And now the man of war has been filled, resourced by the spirit of God, namely David. And he has settled the kingdom and they are a mighty kingdom. So it will be in a time of peace with a king of peace When the temple will be built for people to understand everything that's going into the temple, the investments and so forth, he gathers all of the leaders of Israel on every level. I'm sure the priests and the Levites and there were, and there were this many of the Levites, 38,000 men. So there's already a, a plan of administration. And here is how it's going to be done. And so everyone is separated and people are given their various jobs. And we'll see then in the next chapter that it's going to be divided into 24 courses of the priesthood so that one guy comes for his time, his little term, and then he rotates off and the next guy comes. It's not going to be that all these thousands of priests are going to be there. At the same time, of these to conduct at the service of the house of Yahweh were 24,000 and officers and judges were 6,000. So they have a hierarchy of responsibility and they have within the administration 
Uh, they have managers, if you will, supervisors, who are divided into their parts. And 4,000 gate sentries and 4,000 who praised Yahweh with the instruments. And I have it in red here. David says that I made with which to praise. That's an important statement to me because you remember how many Psalms we've looked at already. And there's a little, a little introductory sentence that says, and it's some Hebrew word that describes um, the, the, the music, how to, it describes how the music is to be played and upon what instruments, sometimes, upon what instruments the music is to be played. And so what is said within that little phrase that is the superscript of, of uh, the psalm is if it's to be light and lively and happy or if it's to be kind of a doldrum and be kind of sad, uh, if it's to be this kind of strings or that kind of strings and how to put it together. And his instructions are always given to the conductor, uh, to, the, to the leader of the music. Well, here, David saw to it that there were fine instruments for the music of the temple, the praising of Yahweh. The gates had to be controlled. Now they're going to be, there's going to be valuable inventory in the uh, temple, gold. We'll see, it's gonna be a while, but when we get to that part when Solomon begins to then oversee the construction of the temple, we're going to see that the finest material in the world, which includes gold and silver, will be used in the construction of the temple. So the temple just can't be left to itself. Therefore, there'll be gate sentries. And then we'll see that there are, there's a subdivision of Levites who are musicians. That's just how they grew up. We've all known families who played all kinds of instruments, you know, and their kids grew up in it and those kids would be able to play three or four instruments. Well, this is it's a crude illustration, but this is how these, the, the, the Kohathites, for example, they're just, there is a sect of Levites who grow up in music as part, as, as what they do as Levites. This is what they do as priests. And this is designated. They praise Yahweh with the instruments. They're the finest instruments that could be, that could be made. And David divided them into divisions according to the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kehoth, and Merari. Now these were the guys that were living at this time. And so henceforth, at the time that the chronicler wrote this, so henceforth, the descendants of those would be the ones who would continue to fill those, uh, those, obliga those uh, obligations. Now, no, no part of the administration of the temple is left out. So now he lists the descendants of these that were just mentioned, the Gershonites, Ladan and Shemai, the sons of Ladan, the chief was Jehel and Zetim and Joel three and the sons of Shemai, 
Shalomit and Haziel and Haran, three. These were the heads of the father's houses of Ladan. The sons of Shimei, Yahath, Zina, Jeush, Maria. These are the sons of Shimei, four. And Yahath was the chief and Ziza was the second one in Jeush. And Maria did not have many children, so they became a father's house of one appointment. The sons of Kehath, Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel, four. The sons of Amram, Aaron, and Moses. Now these two guys, Aaron and Moses, brothers, are Levites. They each are distinct within the Levitical family because of how it all started. Aaron was the spokesperson, the spokesman of Moses. Moses was the prophet. Uh, it, it, even, it even says back in the, back in the books of Moses that, that Aaron was, was kind of, he was a gracious guy and he took that subordinate position to Moses and it didn't bother him. And he was the spokesman because Moses uh, couldn't speak very well. So there's special attention. David doesn't leave a thing undone here. There would be special attention to both Aaron and Moses. And it answers a question that would be asked, of course. Well, we have the Levitical priesthood, but we've had the sons of Aaron as high priest. What about them? And then what about Moses? We'll talk about that here as we look at this passage of scripture. Aaron was separated to be sanctified as most holy, that is high priest. He and his sons forever to burn incense before Yahweh, to serve him and to bless with his name to eternity, into the, into the ages of ages, always, to bless his name to eternity. But as for Moses, the man of Elohim, the man of God, his sons were to be called in the tribe of Leah, the sons of Moses, Gershom, Eliezer, the sons of Gershom, uh, Shebuel, the chief, sons of Eliezer were Rehabiah, the chief, Eliezer had no other sons, but the sons of Rehabiah multiplied greatly. All right, now the, this, these are the descendants of Moses, but Moses had made clear back in his day that he did not act, expect that neither he nor his sons would ever be considered in, uh, in the Levitical priesthood. They would be Levites, obviously, but they would be more or less common Levites and never a part of the priesthood. Now this, this speaks of the humility of Moses. The job for Moses was to be the one who would receive the law and then dispense the law to Israel. That was his calling, that was his job. He wasn't, he wasn't David, he wasn't Aaron, he, wasn't, he, he was Moses. And so Moses was called and equipped by God to do this great thing. But Moses never ever wanted anyone to think that he would draw attention to himself or to his sons in the worship of Yahweh. I think I can understand where Moses was coming from. He did not want people to think that he would be in there uh, like, 
you know, you wouldn't be worshiping Yahweh if it wasn't for me. And there might even be a little Moses worship in there somewhere. So this was not ever allowed. And it is revisited here in uh, this part of, uh, of, the, of the, the list of servants. Moses, the man of God, and all of his descendants were just Levites. They were not priests and they did not take a position within the priesthood. The sons of Moses, we looked at all of this. Okay, now, the sons of Izhar, Shalomit the chief, the sons of Hebron, Jeria the chief, Amariah the second, Jehaziel the third, and Jechamim the fourth, the sons of Uziel, Mikah the chief, and Ishia the second, and the sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi, the sons of Mali, Eliezer, and Kish, and Eliezer died. He had no sons, but he had daughters. And the sons of Kish, they were, their brethren, married them. So he's still in the mix there somewhere, right? The sons of Mushi, Mali, and Eder, and Jeremot, the three of them. These are the sons of Levi to their father's houses, the leaders of the father's houses to their numbers, in the number of names according to their heads who perform work for the service of the house of Yahweh from 20 years old and upward. When a Levite becomes 20 years old, he begins to serve in the temple. Back in the law of Moses, when he reaches the age of 50, he retires. His tenure of service would be from the age of 20 to 50. He couldn't serve before the age of 20 and could not serve after the age of 50. For that's 30 years service, but obviously there were thousands and thousands of Levites and the temple grounds were only so big, they, they, only so much could be done at one time and they're divided, as we'll see next time, into 24 courses of the priesthood. So all the priests will belong to one of the 24 courses uh, of the priesthood. Now, all of this, of course, is arranged by David. For David said, the Lord God of Israel has given peace to his people and he dwells in Jerusalem to eternity. And also the Levites shall no longer have need to carry the tabernacle and all of its vessels for its service. For in David's final words, the sons of the Levites were numbered from 20 years old and upwards. For their station was alongside the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of Yahweh, over the courts, over the chambers, over the purity of all sacred things, and the performance of the service of the house of Elohim, the house of God. And for the showbread and for the fine flour, for the meal offerings and for the wafers, unleavened bread, for the shallow pan, the for the flour boiled softness for every liquid measure and every solid measure and to stand every morning to give thanks and praise, uh, to give thanks and to praise Yahweh. And so in the evening and for every offering uh, up of burnt offerings to Yahweh on Sabbaths, on new moons and on festivals in number, according to the ordinance concerning them constantly before Yahweh. And they shall keep the watch of the tent of meeting and the watch of the sanctuary and the watch of the sons of Aaron, their brethren, 
for the service of the house of Yahweh. So now everything is organized and what, what's being said is here. This will be initiated in the tabernacle. But the, tab the tabernacle won't go anywhere anymore. It will continue in the temple once the temple is built. So the administration, everything is already covered. It's, it's already taken care of. Everything that will go on in the temple is organized in its, in its place, in its way. And this, this great organization of administration within the temple will mean that uh, the worship and service to Yahweh will be something that is a beautiful thing. There won't be any confusion at all. And people can come and take care of business in their worship. And the, the, the guys who will be in charge of whatever is going to happen will be well-trained. And um, there will be no mistaking how the administration of the temple and how the work of service and ministry within the temple uh, will take place. All of this is already in place because Yahweh allows David to do this much. David will have done so much of the work uh, and then he names Solomon king and all Solomon, as I said earlier, will have to do is to oversee the work, take the plans of the temple and then make sure that all of the, all of the uh, supplies and resources are separated and gathered and that the work is done perfectly. And we're going to see that those, well, it won't be too quick, but when we get there, those who do the work, just like in the time of the tabernacle in Numbers, will be the, the, the finest workmen uh, that could be found. And the temple will be written about as one of the grandest things in that era of history. Well, this whole organization of administration continues in the next chapter, but we're going to stop there and have our deacon prayer time.